we, we come in here, we have service, and man, God has been moving in our first Wednesdays. And who's been to our first Wednesday? Yeah. All three of you, praise God. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's been good. And this past uh, first Wednesday, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Jonathan, runs a, a college ministry in, uh, the, in town. He, he came and brought an amazing word from God. And and so, uh, man, it was good. So if you miss this past first Wednesday, uh, you have to wait a whole month uh, for, for the next uh, first Wednesday. So make sure you're, you're in tune with that. We're going to pick up uh, the story. Jesus is, uh, is preaching his, his first sermon, the Sermon of the Mount, in chapter 5. And we're going to pick it up in verse uh, 38. Chapter 5, verse 38, and it's probably going to be on the screen. Uh, you can follow along there if you don't have your word with you. It says this, You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. What? That's crazy. Uh, that like goes against everything that... Our flesh wants to do, right? I'm already, I'm already being convicted this morning. Uh, turn the other cheek to them. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go on one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Check this out. This is where we're going to, our, our key scriptures this morning is, is verse 43 uh, through 48. It says, you have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who per persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Check this out, verse 48. It says, be perfect, therefore, as your... Let's redo that. Verse 48. <laughs> be perfect, therefore... As your heavenly Father is perfect. Let's pray one more time. God, we love you. We thank you, Father God. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you would speak to us through your word this morning, Father God, that we would have a better revelation of your love for us and what you're calling us to, Father God. And I pray that you would encourage us and challenge us and change us this morning, Father God, that not one person would leave here the same this morning. We would all leave differently, Father God. Now we open our ears to hear your word, God. We open our minds to, to understand what you're speaking to us individually, Father God, and we open our hearts to be changed, Father. We thank you in your holy name we pray. We all said, amen, amen. Love all, serve all. The vision of our church is to love all and to serve all. Has anybody ever seen the uh, drug commercials where they advertise a drug that's supposed to help you, and, and then at the end they, they have like a, a disclaimer, if you will, or uh, it's an asterisk, and then they actually go through a list of things that this drug will probably do to kill you. And it's like, <laughs> buy our drug, this is going to help you with whatever problem you have. 
oh, by the way, your eyes are going to bleed, you're going to have massive headaches, and you're going to die. But hey, it's going to help the symptom, right? I think sometimes in our life, and when we say love all, serve all, sometimes we put an asterisk at the, at the end, right? We're, we're, we're like, we say, it's, you know, it's a nice saying, it's, it sounds good, it sounds Christian, right? Let's love all, serve all. Asterisks, you know, and then we have small print at the end. We 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 can say amen to that. It sounds good to our spirits. We're like, oh, I'm gonna love all, and I'm gonna serve all. But then, when it comes to application in our life, and I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. We're, we're talking about this because I've seen it in my life, uh, and God spoke to me uh, about this. Is is there's a little asterisk at the end. Uh, it's it, it's we want to love all and serve all, all people that love us. That's easy, right? Uh, all people that are easy to love, right? It's easy to serve my wife because she loves me and she's beautiful. And, uh, and so it's easy to serve her. And, and it's easy to, to, to be married to her because she's, she's fun and she's, she's great and she loves me and, and serves me and I serve her. And it's easy to serve and love my children because they love their father and they, they, they're amazing kids. But I believe that God, and, and as, as Jesus was preaching, he's calling us to, to a little bit further. Something that's a little bit more difficult to us and, and our flesh to do. See, all the word all here is not just a, a micro all like all the people here. You guys are easy to serve. You guys look great. You're beautiful this morning. You love your pastor. You're going to appreciate your pastors. Praise God. You know, but what happens when someone's just not that easy to love? You know, do we want, want to love them and then serve them? See, Jesus is saying, love your enemies. See, this, this all that we're talking about is, is a non-exclusive statement. Love all, serve all is not an exclusive statement. It, it's very inclusive. And, and, and God has called us to love everyone, those who are hard to love. Come on now. There's some people in the world that are just hard to love, right? Yeah, you don't have to act Christian. You can, you can be real. Let's just be a real church. Sometimes there's people in our, in our lives that are just hard to love, like Auburn fans. Uh, I can say that Pastor Josh is not here. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, I love Pastor Josh and Auburn fans, some of them. And uh, look, some people are just difficult to love, right? I mean, just... I mean, people are, are, some people aren't going to like you. I know you're like, oh, some people don't like me. And I know that's really hard to believe because I'm amazing. I was just kidding. <laughs> but for real, some people just don't like you. Some people aren't going to like you because your hair's short. Some people are gonna, not going to like you because you have blonde hair. Some people aren't going to like you because you're, you do a better job than them at, at, at your place of work. Some people are going to be jealous that God is blessing you and not them. Some people just aren't going to like us. And then sometimes personalities just clash. And that's okay. But we still have to love and serve. God has called the church to love and to serve. He doesn't say to love those people that are easy to, 
He's talking about love the people that cut you off on I-20. Amen. And he's, he's talking about love those people that, 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 that are just hard to love, that, that, that their personalities clash with theirs. I'm pretty easygoing, and I can get along with most people. But there's definitely people in my life that have not just, just, just rubbed me the wrong way, right? Uh, when me and uh, Rihanna were dating years ago, We've been married 16 years. Yay. I know. Praise God. I always like to celebrate that. She hasn't kicked me out in 16 years. Praise God. She still stays with me. But uh, 16 years ago, actually, probably we started dating three years before we even got married. We literally, high school sweethearts, uh, way back in the day. I know some of you guys are going to remember this. Some of you guys aren't. But before there were cell phones and email. Um, they probably had email, but I was 16, 17 years old. We had the AOL. You'd get the little CD in the mail, and, and uh, not every house had a computer. It was crazy. It was the dark times, and it was the medieval times, if you will. And so it, it, it sounds so like crazy that that was so, but it really wasn't that long ago, because um, I'm not old. And, uh, and so... When I was about 16, uh, I was in high school, and I used to have to sit down and, and write Rhiannon letters because she was in Athens, uh, God's country, uh, going to school, studying uh, at UGA, and I was in high school. Yeah, I had a college girlfriend. It was really cool for me because uh, I got to go to high school and be like, yeah, I got a college girl. And then when her friends would ask her, What's your boyfriend's study? She's like, ah, oh, just general studies. <laughs> He's just doing core. <laughs> but I would sit down with this thing called a pen. And see, this pen had ink in it. And then I would sit down with this, this thing made from trees. They cut down trees, and then they, they, they go through this process, and, and they, they make paper. It's amazing, I know. We don't see that too often anymore because now when we write letters, it's all electronic. It's emails, it's texts. When I communicate with people, it's, it's never letters. But back in the day, me and Rihanna used to have to write each other uh, because we didn't have cell phones like we had. We had pagers. And, and to call from Douglasville to Athens was actually long distance. Do we remember what long distance was? You had to pay. You had to pay to call somebody. Pay extra. You're already paying for your phone service, but then you had to pay extra to call somebody across states. And so I'm broke. I'm 16, 17. I'm like, I can afford a stamp. Amen? And I'm going to write her a letter. So I would sit down. I'm left-handed, so I would sit down. You don't like left-handed people? See, hard, some people are just hard to love. <laughs> I just got to love Pastor Jeremy. So I would sit down at my desk, and I would begin to write letters to Rhiannon. And one time, there was this one guy in high school. I still remember his last name. His last name was Penley. Do you remember this? Penley. She still remembers this. Yeah, every letter I wrote was about how Penley was getting on my nerves. I was like, flipping Penley did this today. I especially remember one time I was, I don't know the guy's first name. I don't know if he's still around. I don't know. I, just, I don't remember, but I remember his last name was Penley. Penley. 
He was, oh, he got on my nerves. He grinded my nerves every day. Every day we had class together. We had shop class together, automotive. And, and one time, Penley and I ended up getting paired together. And God was teaching me patience. Be careful what you pray for. God, teach me patience. He's going to teach you patience. So he gives me Penley. And, and, and we're, we're changing. Our, our job was to change this fuel filter on this car. And back then, the fuel filter was just an inline, simple fuel filter with two clamps. And, and, and this car had gas in it. And, and so I'm helping him. And, and he reaches up and begins to undo the clamp. And he loosens the clamp on the filter and loosens the other clamp on the filter. So both clamps are... are are loose and, and he has a you have a fuel line coming from the fuel tank which the fuel tank is full a lot of fuel in it and then it goes to the filter and then through the filter it has another feed line to the motor and and so he reaches up pulls the filter out and guess what gravity does gravity brings all the fuel from the tank out the the, the fuel line and starts spraying fuel everywhere. Penley, he, he freaks out because there's fuel's going everywhere and he begins to, to walk off and run. And I'm like, bro, like gas is going everywhere. Like you can't just do that. So I jump into action and, and uh, I think this is like second period, third period maybe. And I reach up and put my, my thumb over the fuel hose to stop the fuel from coming. And then I'm like trying to get the other fuel filter like this. I'm like, oh, you know, like, come here. And then I finally get the other fuel filter. I, I then, you know, I'm like, bro, why did you not just like clamp the, the fuel line, keep the fuel from, we won't go there. And so I, I'm holding it and then I, I have to release it to get this other fuel filter on there. And I, I'm just, I have gas all over myself because I had to, to help and, and clean up what Penley did. Penley still gets on my nerves, still grinds my nerves. Every letter was about Penley and something stupid Penley did today. And some people just aren't easy to love. Amen. Maybe you have a boss. We won't go there. Well, we won't go there. But there's some people in your life that just is not easy. They're just not easy to love. But God and Jesus as a Christian and someone that, you know, Christians, we're supposed to walk and, and emulate Jesus. The world, when they're looking for Jesus today, they're looking at the church. We are the representation of Jesus to, to the world, to people that have never seen Jesus. We need to embody the character and the principles of, of God's word. And Jesus is saying, look, love those who, who hate you. I know in, in, in the past, in the, the Levitical law, it was eye for an eye. If somebody killed your, 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 your camel or whatever they had, your goat, you could go and kill there. If somebody killed your oxen, you'd go and kill their oxen, right? It was, it was, it was this, this you know, eye for an eye mentality. And so Jesus is saying, look, I know that the, it used to be this way, but now I'm telling you, I'm calling you to something higher. And it didn't make sense. See, Jesus is preaching to, to, to a, a group of Jewish people. That, that knew this Levitical law, and they're in Roman oppression, and, and through, throughout the ages, uh, Israel became uh, a, uh, in a territory of Rome, and, and, and they had these Roman soldiers that would uh, 
come and, 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 they, and see the Jewish people were looking for a, a liberator. That's why they missed Jesus is because they wanted someone to come and a, a, a valiant uh, military leader. But Jesus was very opposite of that. He's saying, look, just because somebody, he's saying, love your enemies. In verse 41, he says, if somebody forces you to go a mile, he says, go, go two miles. Let me talk to you about this real, real quick. It will make more sense. Um, it's, a, it's a powerful verse, and, and it goes against everything my flesh says. But, and, and what he's talking about is the Roman uh, soldiers would, would force uh, the Israelites and the Jewish people to, to carry their, their loads. So uh, back then they didn't have Humvees or, or, or you know, big cars to carry things and and so they all their uh equipment would would get heavy because it's all bronze and you know swords and all this stuff and so instead of the soldier carrying it they would find like a jewish person as they and force them to carry their their equipment and jesus is saying look somebody forces you to carry their their load for a mile don't just stop there and, and you got to put yourself in the, the, the Jewish person's perspective. He, he hates the Jewish oppression, or the, I'm sorry, Roman oppression. The Roman Empire is oppressing this, this Jewish uh, uh, community, the Israelites, and, and they're the chosen people. They should, be, they should have this great uh, you know, uh, empire, but now they're, they're oppressed, and, and so it's a sign of oppression, and then they're being forced to, to carry this heavy load, and then Jesus says, don't just stop there, go, go another mile. See, to serve all means that sometimes we have to do things we don't necessarily like. Sometimes to love all and to serve all means that, that sometimes we, we serve those and love those who don't always love us back. Jesus said, has somebody smacks you on the cheek, turn to them the other. What? If somebody, that's like, that goes against everything we, we want. I mean, today, I mean, if somebody, think about it. Somebody smacks you on the cheek, what are you going to do? Yeah, like, I'm like, smack me in the cheek, see what happens. <laughs> test me in this. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't test, don't, please don't hit me after service. <laughs> I'm going to get done preaching, somebody's just like, whack. And I'm going to be like, oh. I'd probably cry. I'm just kidding. I'd fight you now. But, I mean, even when, when I was a kid, um, there was this, this one time in elementary school, and I was getting uh, picked on, and, and, uh, this kid pinched me and left a bruise on my arm. It was a big bruise. And, and I remember my dad was like, why'd you let him pinch you? I'm like, dad, I didn't let him pinch me. They, they just did, you know? <laughs> and, and my dad's like, he's like, well, hit him back. You know, and I'm, I'm, that's just not me. I'm kind of passive. Like, I don't, I don't like confrontation. Uh, and, but that's how, like, we, we talk. That's our, our mindset. That's our flesh. But Jesus is saying, look, he's saying, we got to love people. Even if somebody does you wrong, we have to love them. I used to be real bad about this. Um, if I felt, and I, I've grown through this over the years, but and you, you can ask Randy, if somebody has done me wrong, 
or I felt, I felt wronged by somebody, you know, I used to write them off. Just, Rhiannon's amazing. She, she's a forgiver. She just loves people. She'll forgive people. But me, like, I have to work through that, you know. Like, I, like if, if I felt like you've done me wrong, like, I'm like, pfft, just, I used to write you off. And, like, you're dead to me. <laughs> like, but, but Jesus is saying, look, that's not me. That's, he's saying, look, if somebody does you wrong, man, we have to love them. To love all and to serve all. All inclusive. I want to invite the band to come and just get ready to play. We're, we're landing the, the plane, but, um, and John, the gospel of John, he, he accounts a, an amazing story. And I, I think this embodies, uh, love all, serve all that Jesus had his, his disciples and Passover was coming and G- oh, hello. And, uh, Jesus was, uh, he was coming close to the end of his life. And, and so he tells his disciples to go find this place, the upper room, and they're going to have the, their last supper together. I'm sure you're familiar with the story, but the Gospel of John accounts this amazing story, and, and Jesus comes, and, and see, Jesus is this leader, this great leader. He, he, he loves his disciples, and... He begins to bend down. He, he prepares some water, and he has his outer garment he, he wraps around himself, and he begins to, to wash his disciples' feet. See, to love people and to serve people, it takes humility. I believe if we're going to love all people and serve all people, we have to have humility. But our flesh is prideful. See, in our our flesh, we're a prideful people. We don't want to necessarily take the posture of Jesus here as he bends down to one knee and he begins to, to wash the feet of these people that he's been serving. Jesus. Jesus that is God, like Jesus that literally is the Son of God. In the creation, Jesus was there. Get this. It, Jesus was there in creation. Jesus, it was, it's, it says that on the cross, he could have called 12 legions of angels down. Like Jesus bends down the Son of God, the, he, He's divine, but yet he, He's so humble. He takes this posture of, of a servant. He begins down and begins to pour water over His disciples' feet. And they used to wash their feet because they didn't have shoes like we have. We had, they had sandals and they didn't get to drive cars like we did, so they would walk miles and miles and miles and miles. And so by the time they got to, to, to this place, their feet were, were filthy and, and dirty. And they sat down on, not at a table that was elevated, but on, on, on pillows. And 
And so their feet were disgusting. And, and so Jesus began to, to wash the dirtiness away. It's amazing because it's almost a, a foreshadow of what's about to happen on the cross. Come on now. But Jesus, see, in, in this job, most times work wasn't done by the leader. It, it was the lowliest job. I mean, imagine washing somebody's nasty feet. That's not something I would want to do. Um, I don't care if your feet are clean. I don't want to wash your feet. I mean, you could have just got out of the shower and I ain't going to wash your feet because feet are gross. And uh, that's just my, I just, I, I don't like feet. Like, don't put your feet on me. I'll rub Rihanna's feet because I love her and I uh, want to serve her, but I, don't, I can honestly say I don't really like it. <laughs> but Jesus, he takes this lowly position and he begins to wash John's feet. He begins to wash Matthew's feet. He begins to wash all the disciples' feet. And then he gets to Judas. He, he gets to, to Judas, the disciple that, that's about to sell him out. Come on now. He gets to Judas. We're talking about Judas. I know you probably know the story, but Judas is going behind Jesus' back talking to the Pharisees. These feet, uh, hours from now, are about to carry out the betrayal of their leader. Jesus being full, fully divine, he, he's, he, he knows what's about to happen. See, Jesus even predicted in the upper room, he says, one of you will betray me. He knows Judas is about to betray him. He knows that Judas is about to lead a, a, a mob of people to him and he's about to go through the one of the worst nights of his life see the cross we we, we make it this this great thing it is, it is a beautiful symbol but understand that jesus he knew what he had to do but we can see that jesus did not want to go to the cross jesus did not his flesh did not want to go through this he did not want to get beat and mocked and, and spit on and, and, and made fun of. He even prayed, he said, he, he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he praised Jesus, and Jesus prayed so hard, it says that his, his sweat began to, to turn into blood. He said, Father, please let there not be another way. But if it's your will, I'll do it. See, Jesus goes to his disciples, and I would imagine the 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 three that he loved and there's there's definitely three that were closer to him and they were always with Jesus and I'm sure those feet were easy to wash for him. they were easy to to bend down and, and clean and, but I imagine as he went to the next set of feet he would look look up and the easy ones were the ones that he loved that loved him back. But then he gets to that last set of feet, knowing that Judas 
was about to do them wrong. And yet Jesus still loved all and served all. See, Jesus did not hesitate. He did not wash his feet a little bit harder than the other ones, you know? Like, I would have broke a toe or something and be like, oh, my bad. Try to walk on that. But I'm not Jesus. <laughs> but imagine being Jesus. And the thing is, if we really think about it, we're all, in a sense, Judas. have sold Jesus out, the cross in itself would not have happened if we were all perfect. But Jesus knew. So in a real sense, we are Judas. But yet, Jesus loved us and served all of us through the cross. Through the washing, though we were dirty and, and sinful, his the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus washes us clean today. Go on, and, and, and Luke 18, 18, a young rich ruler comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher. And then how Jesus responds is amazing. He says, who do you call good? God alone is good. The reason why I bring this up is, I mean, in our context, we see that Jesus is saying, look, none of us are good. We know the Bible says all have fallen short. So it is a prideful person that will not serve all. It's a prideful person that will not love all. See, our flesh does not like this. Our flesh, we don't want to love our enemies. We don't want to love that person that's talking bad about us. We don't want to love that person that stabbed us in the back, stole from us, or, or, or wronged us, however they wronged us. But Jesus does not ask why or how they're your enemy. We don't really, even, we don't really call people enemies. But for all sex purposes, that person that you just don't like. Man, in my life, even today, I still have to check myself. There's people, and I'll just be honest with you, there's people that would walk into this church right now that I, I would serve, but my flesh wouldn't like it. <laughs> I'd be like, because they've, they've talked trash about, you know, stuff. They've done, they've done me wrong, my family wrong. But then I'm reminded, man, I've done people wrong. I'm a sinful person. And who am I to say they're not worth showing the love of Jesus to? Who are we to, to withhold that love of Christ from someone and not serve them? See, you cannot, you cannot love and not serve. I love that the, our, our saying is not serve all, then love all. It, it's love all, serve all. Because if we're to love, we're to serve. See, these, these two are, are connected. We, if we love, we will serve. 
I love my kids dearly, so I serve my kids. I love my kids so dearly that when I don't feel like getting up and driving them to soccer practice or coaching soccer practice or, or and I don't feel like getting my shoes on and driving to dance practice, I still do it because that love I have for them will, will compel me, will, will push me to, to serving. Look, we can serve people and not love just for the sake of action. But when we, when, we, when we begin to love, we cannot help but serve. Man, God is calling us to, to serve this community and, and to love people, all people. I just want to uh, encourage you and we're going to actually end a little bit early. You're welcome. You can beat the crowd to Cracker Barrel. But man, I, I just believe. I just want, I just hope God, I just hope God speaks to you like he spoke to me, man. I, I want to love people the way Jesus loves them. And I know my flesh doesn't want to sometimes, but man, that spirit in me, God's spirit rise up and begin to 